The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. So I figured before I do any topics about black entrepreneurship, self-care, mental health, Before I had my first interview, the priority should be for me to introduce myself to the Minding My Black Business family. So my name is Dr. Janae Taylor, or Janae Monique Taylor, or Nene, depending on (laughs) how close of a friend you are, or family member. I am an native of Mobile, Alabama. I was born and raised. Mobile, Alabama is at the almost the southernmost point of Alabama and smack in between New Orleans, uh, Louisiana to the west and Pensacola or Tallahassee, Florida um, to the right. So it's a Gulf Coast city full of um, Southern and Creole flavor. The home of Mardi Gras, right? So let's not even get into that argument. <laughs> but that's true. Look it up. Look it up. So that's home. That's where my family resides. That's where I go for my respite to get my mind right. That's where I go and I can be myself in all my ways. I can turn off the machine, take off all the mask, and at home, I'm me. So, although I live in Virginia Beach and I have some roots here, um, and this is home. Mobile is home with a capital H. (laughs) So, I am a native of Mobile, Alabama, but in truth, I've lived kind of all across the South. (laughs) So I'm currently in Virginia, but I also have lived in Mississippi. I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Texas. Um, And born and raised in Alabama. So I am truly, truly a Southern girl through and through. So not only am I a Southerner by nature, by blood, by genetics, I am uh, a big sister. So I have a younger a younger sister who you'll get to meet in a in a future episode. Um I know you all will enjoy our our interview. Um it started off real professional, then we got real sistery. <laughs> um so I am what else am I? I am left-handed. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. Me and my mom are left-handed. I feel like that lends itself to my creativity. Now, in school, though, it did relate to or did uh, translate, excuse me, into having um, ink and lead all up my left hand and arm because of the way I hold my paper. And us left-handers will understand what that means because the desk weren't typically made for left-handed folks. Um but I take pride in my left-handedness. I 
also am an introvert. So the idea of even doing this podcast and recording this right now is what's the right word for that? I know words. Um, I'm both excited about the process because I the the uh, this part of my life about entrepreneurship, being a black entrepreneur, is something I've jumped in, you know, full force. But the idea of putting my voice out there, putting my ideas out there, creating a space uh, for support for us all um, is exciting, but a little terrifying, right? It's a little terrifying because the kid likes to be in the background (laughs) and behind the scenes and, you know, setting the table or washing the dishes or, you know, not, not literally. I don't. I don't actually enjoy washing dishes at all, but I was trying to get a metaphor there going, but I don't know how <laughs> how that went. So the idea of putting myself out there in a podcast is an interesting challenge. And one thing that I don't back down from is challenges. And that's just part of my DNA. So um, here I am being an introvert while talking to this microphone and sharing with you Uh, my intention, my hope for this space, for this time, for this connection, for all of us as black entrepreneurs. So Mobile, Alabama native, uh, left-handed, introvert. I'm also um, an HBCU alum. So I did my undergraduate work at a historically black college and university, um, Tuskegee University to be exact, Um, pride of the swift growing South, um, founded by Booker T. Washington in 1881. Um, This isn't about Tuskegee, although (laughs) I do have my Tuskegee pride, um, that's for sure. After Tuskegee, I went and got a couple of more degrees, a master's and a doctorate uh, from the University of Georgia. While those degrees took a lot of energy effort hard work tenacity money (laughs) i come from a long line of educators so education was expected like that it's good to have the formality of the degree to get the stamp to wear the hood um but i come from a long line of educators and so you got to know what you're talking about. I mean, that's just kind of how it is in my household and the family. So I carry on that tradition, which makes um, exercises such as these, these types of podcasts, near and dear to my heart when it comes to education and support um, and engagement and information. Um, so that's kind of my stock. That's, you know... Raised by black people, loved by black people, supported by black people. And I am here to carry on that tradition. So once I finished school and all those years, you can count them up. It was a little while, y'all. It took me a little while to get all that done. Um, But it's done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So (laughs) once I got all that done, it was time to begin my career. And so even in my training, I had had several different experiences. So I'm trained as a therapist and um, 
while in grad school, I had the opportunity to work in several different types of agencies. I worked with schools, community agencies. I worked in juvenile justice systems. Um, I worked in living assistant facilities, um, women's homeless shelters, um, just a whole a whole bunch of different places and a whole different type of experiences that required all sorts of skills. Um, what I landed at was being really connected to doing um, therapy on college and university campuses. So once I, um, that's where I started out. That's where I landed um, is doing that work. And I was there for a few years and I enjoyed it. And I had different types of titles and I did a lot with uh, training, uh, training students who wanted to be therapists and creating opportunities for them and providing supervision, um, doing presentations. I really enjoyed that stuff, meeting other professionals, um, talking about what it means to be a culturally competent therapist, what it means to provide culturally competent supervision. Um, so the point that I'm making with all of that is that I was really digging my work um, on college campuses. I enjoyed being with young people who were coming into their adulthood, their adult identity, and all the wonderful and sometimes sidesteps that they could take as they sort of understand what it means to be an adult and being there to be a support for them as they journey through that. I really enjoyed that work. So that work took me to all those places. Well, actually, in fact, it took me, that's what landed me here in Virginia. Let me say that um, I got to Virginia, was doing my college counseling work. And truthfully, entrepreneurship was nowhere on my radar at the time. I actually thought that in order to be an entrepreneur, that I needed to be towards the end of my career. Um, And the way that I made sense of that was once I get to the end of my career, I have sort of fully fleshed out all the different types of environments that I enjoy working in, the different types of communities that I work best with. um, And it'll make it easier for me to find my audience, to find my potential client base to do my work. So... I need to wait until I get really close to retirement to be an entrepreneur and have a successful business. Yep. So I was nowhere near the end of my career. uh, So it wasn't on my radar. But what happened in being in that environment, um, in in the current work environment, is that I was finding that although I had an opportunity to do all these different types of cool activities and programs and have these different type of roles, administrative roles. There were a lot of things that I had going on that I really didn't enjoy. Um, I was working long hours. I was participating in projects that didn't sort of match um, some of my career ambitions. Um, I was sort of limited in the way in which I could connect um, with those communities that I enjoyed working with the most. But at the same time, I was getting a steady check in their benefits, right? So, you know, you didn't get all this schooling to walk away from a certified check. Guaranteed check. So, what happened in almost as if someone wrote it out, um, 
for me is that I had a colleague who um, joined our staff who had ambitions of um, going into private practice. And so she was a white woman. She still is a white woman. I shouldn't say was. <laughs> and, and a friend. Um, and so she talked to me about about um, her ambition, her thoughts around what her practice was going to look like. And she had done some serious study and research in this. And I just sort of absorbed as much as I could from her. Um, about how she got to her thoughts around what a private practice was going to look like. With her and another friend who was also in the mental health field, the three of us um, created like a consultation group. Um, And we, all three of us, stepped out and decided we were going to create our three separate businesses as it relates to um, private practice. And we all different had, we had our all... um, different specialty areas um, as it relates to that. So um, of the three of us, I was the only chocolate chip in the crew. Now I refer to myself as a chocolate chip and by that, I mean, I was the only black woman there, (laughs) the only black person. And um, one of the things that was happening at the beginning of this process um, as I was trying to figure out my audience is I really wanted to exclusively only work with the black community. And I struggled with being that bold with it. That felt as though somebody was going to tell me I couldn't do that. (laughs) I had gotten to the place and working for others for so long that I felt like I needed permission to define my vision and my mission. So I struggled with that for a little while. I I still put it out there. But I hid it in cold words, right? So I would use things like community or engagement or even the the colors that I have for my website or the images that I use for my website um, or being very clear about my name. And, you know, I just, I wasn't bold with it. Um, So I consulted with my support network, um, those that, that, know me, those who are in the same field as me, and tell them about my conflict. And they just encouraged me to, to put it out there. So I did. I started to do that. And what happened as a result is that, of that is that I started getting clients that that matched the people that I wanted to work with. Right? Go figure. <laughs> so I've been doing that. And as I continue to have my private practice, I try to become even more refined as the um, the type of client that I work best with. And I'll talk more about that in terms of my own um, therapy and how I do my work. But that's another time for another day because I could truly go on and on about that. Um, but what I realized in the process of running the private practice here in Virginia Beach been exclusively committed to serving the black community is that the part of all this process that probably wasn't getting fed was my journey as an entrepreneur. So the idea of connecting with other black entrepreneurs, but really the idea of maintenance, um, of, of the maintenance of the identity of being an entrepreneur. 
So what I mean by that is how we run businesses as black people without losing our minds. <laughs> Running a business requires you to work in some of the off hours and the off times and um, sometimes you're responding to voicemails as you're doing something else. Sometimes you're missing out on sleep. Sometimes relationships suffer. Um, sometimes you're having so much stress and concern about a project or brand or um, something that you're trying to push out by your own by a deadline um, that your basic needs are going by the wayside. So I wondered how black entrepreneurs manage that how do you manage that and keep your mental health in check so that was the part that was most important for me like running this business is cute and all but if I have lost my mind on the other side of it (laughs) then I have done no one a, a service I've done myself a terrible disservice so I figured I need to create a space where I can connect and touch Um, other black entrepreneurs who might be feeling the same way or who have figured out how to master it all and can teach me their ways. I've come up with some things as well that I think might be helpful to black entrepreneurs from my own training as a mental health therapist, from my own experience in working with entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs. And so I just really want to be a part of a solution um, and not add to a problem because I really want... I really want phrases like I'll sleep when I'm dead to just not exist anymore. I think those are damaging to our psyche and damaging to uh, the power that work has over us. Um, Work should just be a part of our life and not our entire lives or hustle harder. And so there are a lot of us who are suffering in silence, who need support, who who need help who need uh, a cheering section, who need a shoulder to cry on, who need, you know, tough love, or who might need therapy in a real way. And so if I can do my part to make therapy seem just as important as an annual physical that we all take, then I'm going to do the best I can to make that happen and there and I'm not in this alone I know there are lots of other fellow therapists who are in this fight with me to change the way that our black community to continue to change the way in which our our black community thinks about therapy and getting help and being okay so y'all I have talked for almost 20 minutes I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Um, I think there are some really cool things ahead with minding my black business. There are some phenomenal people that are coming up that I'm getting to interview and introduce to you all. And they are in places where you might not even expect us to be. They're going to talk about their struggles. They're going to talk about their triumphs. We're going to engage each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to connect. And this is it. This is our space. Um, This is not the only space, but this is definitely our space. So for today's mindful moment, we're actually going to talk about mindfulness. 
So my goal in having a mindful moment in each one of these episodes is to provide a little peace for a group of very busy people. As black entrepreneurs, we can often find ourselves in the middle of managing multiple tasks. Um, Even in the midst of that, thinking ahead about what our next steps might be. And sometimes what gets neglected is the idea of just being fully present in what's happening and and being fully present about what we are creating, the interactions we're having, the joy we might be spreading, the help we might be providing. So even if it's just for a couple of minutes, I want us to have an opportunity to sort of interject some pause and peace in our day so that we can reflect on the impact that we have on ourselves and our community. So mindfulness, which you may or may not have heard a lot about already, is really more about the awareness of where we are, what we're doing, and not being too overwhelmed by the environment or the world around us. So it's truly about checking in with yourself and making sure that you're okay. I see it as part of my job, part of my duty, actually part of the mission of Minding My Black Business is to be as a resource to other black entrepreneurs as we support each other. So for some, this idea of just taking a pause and being aware of how you're feeling, what's happening, the impact you're having on the world will be quite easy. Maybe because you practice mindfulness on a daily basis. For others, they might find it a little more difficult to find a couple of minutes to pause and check in on yourself. And for others, you might even be questioning why this is important. Well, it's important because your body, your mind is going to tell you lots of things. It's going to let you know that we are doing okay. And we have the energy and the mental capacity and the emotional capacity to get all of our tasks done for the day. And on other days, our mind and our body will tell you, I'm quite tired. I need some more rest. I need support. I'm feeling stressed. And so it's at those times that we need to address that. And that might mean we need to take a mindful moment, reach out to our support, search within to get what we need to move on through our day. So for today's mindful moment, it's just really about understanding the whole concept of mindfulness. So moving forward, we'll continue to talk more about mindfulness because I need to make sure that my family of black entrepreneurs are doing okay. So if you want to know more, if you like what you've heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, Follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business. So peace and blessings to us all. 
And I am about to head out of here, y'all, so I can go and mind my black business. Thank you.